All right, welcome to the Patriot Nation podcast. We are doing an instant reaction show. The Patriots have finally, at 725, three hours after it was due, finally released their 53-man roster. Uh, and, uh, you know, some surprises in there, some not. But that's your boy Pat Lane, as always, here with Matt St. Jean. Matt, what are your first takeaways here? Um, That it's the typical kind of opening day 53-man roster where – there's some positions where you look at it and go, wow, can't believe they kept that many guys, or I can't believe they didn't keep that many guys. But the guys that are cut are all guys where it's like, all right, they'll probably end up on the practice squad, or they might end up making a 53-man somewhere else. But right, the, the, I think the best player that they cut is probably, it's either Justin Bethel. <laughs> well, it goes without saying. <laughs> but it's Henry Anderson or... Justin Bethel and Bethel is a guy who's a special teamer and Henry Anderson got put on IR and he hasn't, he's yep. been fine against second string guys and that's it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Henry uh, Anderson and I think field Yates was the one that tweeted it out that Anderson and Wilkerson were cut. And then of course, then he changed that to now they've both been put on IR. So again, anyone put on IR today or before four o'clock today um, means that they go to season ending IR. So, Christian Wilkerson, Henry Anderson, their seasons are done, right? Um, with the two, Jawan Williams and Jawan Williams on and list. Perkins, right? Yep. So their seasons are over. There is no, you will not see any of them this year at all. So uh, those guys are done. Now, of course, we do know there are things coming. Now, it's surprising. I think the first thing people want to talk about, I assume, would be the wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of looked at it. We thought little Jordan Humphrey would make the roster. He did not. He gets cut along with Trey Nixon. Um, and now you're looking at, okay, you got five wide receivers, but you don't really have five wide receivers because Ty- Tyquan Thornton's going to be out. You know, so we don't know how many weeks, but multiple weeks for sure. They said maybe up to 10. That was like three weeks ago. So, you know, he could miss the first seven to eight games of the season, depending on, you know, what how fast he recovers from his injury. So now the question becomes, you assume he goes on to IR, I would imagine the plan would be to bring one of those wide receivers back or potentially trade or sign another wide receiver that someone has cut or someone doesn't like, right? So they didn't trade for anyone before the 4 o'clock deadline, meaning that anyone that wasn't going to be on a roster isn't on a roster. Maybe someone was holding on to someone saying, hey, we'll trade this guy to you eventually, but we can't work things out before 4 o'clock. We'll figure it out. We don't mind keeping him on the roster because he's a decent enough player. And we think we can get someone back. So you ha- they can't go into the season with four healthy wide receivers. It's not going to happen. So something's got to give here. See, I disagree with you there. I think they, I, they absolutely can go in with four healthy wide receivers because we know this team this year, they want to play with two tight ends on the field, which right. means that most of the time it's going to be two receivers out there, maybe three. They're not going to do a whole lot of four receiver sets. Because when they like to spread the field, they like to have a tight end and a running back out there. Then they can go no huddle and they can give you a variety of looks. So if that's what you're doing, right. you have four healthy receivers and you think Tyquan Thornton's back in October. All right, well, we're going to go five, six weeks of the season with four guys. You should be able to do everything. Obviously, not a lot of injury insurance. But if you have a guy on the practice squad, Trey Nixon ends up back there. He could be in this. Um, right. And they brought in, like we mentioned this, they brought in Daz Newsom for a workout. I think they're looking at outside options. My guess is 
we're going to end up with two or three wide receivers on the practice squad. Yeah. And if somebody gets hurt, that guy is going to get elevated probably just as like a game day elevation for a couple weeks. Like yeah. with Isaiah Zuber a couple years ago. Yeah, which makes sense. And I think the other the other thing too, and you mentioned the two tight ends, Matt Sokol got cut, right? Devin Asiasi got cut, but he's not coming back. I think there's a very good chance that Matt Sokol ends up back on the on the 53-man roster when things or, are yeah. done, right? Or because Weiter, it, Weitermeyer is another guy who I think they might keep Weiter. around on the practice squad. Yep. I, I think both of those I, – I, I hate to say this. I think the guy that's coming back when Thornton goes to injured reserve is going to be James Ferentz on the offensive oh line. God. And I can't believe he's souls. sticking around for another year, but – they clearly like him. I don't know. I mean, yeah. preseason games are the tip of the iceberg. So whatever he's doing behind closed doors, they must absolutely love. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't see it. Same thing with Jelani Devai. He's another one in the linebacking group we'll talk to. We'll talk about eventually. But that one drives me crazy. So Dark Blue Gold here is asking about Pierre Strong. Are we surprised that Pierre Strong made the 53-man roster? It's a good question. I'm not. I'm not surprised he made the roster. The only way I thought he wouldn't make the roster was was if he went to IR which isn't going to happen, right? Now, Kevin Harris didn't make the roster. J.J. Taylor didn't make the roster, but we assume. Now, maybe the Ty, Ty Montgomery injury, obviously, Ty Montgomery injury wasn't as bad as we thought. I thought he broke his ankle. Okay. Clearly didn't, right? But he's you got to assume maybe it's a high ankle sprain. That's maybe five, six weeks. Probably put him on IR. He can come back after four. Now you get to bring a running back off the off the practice squad. You would assume it would either be Harris or Taylor, depending on you know what they decide to do. So uh, that's kind of what I would assume happens. Again, you, you're you're gonna uh, you know kind of make that assumption that Ty the Ty Montgomery and you know Tyquan Thornton's going to end up on the IR for sure. Maybe Ty Montgomery probably will too. They haven't said anything about what his injury looks like, so yeah, we'll and, see. Yeah, and Ty Montgomery is another guy that plays into the wide receiver picture. He can go right. out and run routes. He can do that. And you put it all together, him, the two tight ends, and the four receivers, that's seven guys that can run routes. Right. You're that's asking four or five guys to do it every play. That's enough to get it done. If you got the insurance on the practice squad, then this is completely fine for your 53-man roster. Right. That's a good point. And not only that, but, you know, Ramondre Stevenson showed quite a quite an ability to run routes as well and catch the ball even down the seam and down the middle of the field. So uh, I think that that's kind of something, too, that they can look at where – you know, they're they're kind of happy with that. Now, they did keep eight offensive linemen. We knew it would be somewhere around eight or nine, right? They keep the starting five. They kept Yodney Kajust. They kept Justin Haran. They kept Chase and Hines, rookie Chase and Hines. So um, the Hines one was a little interesting to me. I didn't see him pop that much. I thought Cody Russi um, looked better. But yeah. Russi's a guy who has – and Hines doesn't really have position flexibility either. He doesn't play center. He's just a guard, but – uh, you know, if you know Ference is going to be on the practice squad, then you kind of say, hey, you know, hopefully we can get Rusty on the practice squad. But if something doesn't happen, then we always have James Ference. We can back up. You know, he's the backup center and then necessarily the guard. So yeah. um, James you know, we'll Ference is that he's that friend you have around who if you need a date to the dance at the last minute, you know, right. they're going to say yes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I feel like there's no backup center on the team right now. So he's right. One of Rusty or Ferentz is going to be involved in this team somehow yeah. this season. Have we to. just don't know what that's going to look like yet. Yeah, I was. Yeah, surprised. I went back. I rewatched the Raiders game to kind of watch the offensive line and see what was going on. Their top two guards off the bench were um, uh, Arlington Hambright, Hambright, and yep. 
uh, Will Sherman. Yeah. And I watched, they looked pretty good to me. Obviously, I'm the untrained eye, but I don't think they looked worse than Hines. I thought they all looked about the same. They yeah. all made about the same number of mistakes. So I'm a little bit surprised that we didn't see either of those guys make the roster, especially Sherman with the year under his belt with the team already. Um, yeah, so I agree with him. don't like what they're getting with Sherman because he didn't make the roster last year either. He was on the practice squad. Very true. And that's and that's one of those things where like he may end up on the practice squad again. I thought Sherman had a good shot to make it. I really thought Hambright had a shot to make it because of his flexibility with guard and tackle. Uh, yeah. I thought he'd be the perfect candidate, right? Instead, they got two tackle. Um, you really have to have two tackles. With the way that Brown and Wynn are injured all the time, you really have to have two tackles. I'm surprised Teron's on the roster. He's played like garbage in the regular in the preseason, but you know he has his moments. He's been decent. I think he's better on the right side than he is on the left side, yeah. um, and so like he's okay. He's not great, that's, but he's okay. And that's kind of where I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't keep more interior guys because, right. in a way, you can argue they have five tackles on this roster because Onwenu can go outside and do that too. Right. I kind of figured they might view him as your real third tackle if somebody goes down during a game and try to have one of these guards come up. Obviously, they did not like the top backup guards. Otherwise, they would still be on the roster. So, right. again, preseason's the tip of the iceberg. These guys have been working in front of the coaches for a long time now. So, sure. they're not liking it. I Bill's probably getting this decision right about who they're keeping and who they're not. Yeah, Z-Tax was asking about Sherman taking snaps at center. I don't remember that. It's certainly possible, but I don't remember seeing that at all. No, um, he has Sherman has guard and tackle versatility. That's right. he and Hambright can both do that. I think Sherman played right. tackle in college at Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, anyways, that's it. And of course, Trey Nixon, like you know, listen, the hype train is just in the station right now. Okay, just in the station. It's going to be fine. He, the biggest issue with Nixon is that he didn't play through contact. Had he played through contact, he'd be on this team. If he catches those deep passes, he had like three drops on deep passes where the defender gets into him and he drops it. And and that's just play strength. That's just play strength, and that's something that he needs to work on again. I think he has. He played well in the slot when they put him in the slot in the spring. He played well as that deep guy, right? He did a really nice job adjusting those passes. But it's just the ability to fight through the contact that he wasn't able to do, right? And, uh, you know, as the conductor of the hype train, I am not off it. It's it's in the station, okay? <laughs> we'll be we'll be accepting boarding passes, right, uh, starting in, in May of 2023, maybe even in April of 2023. I might start early. Um, but, you know, we're still here, but it, we just got to wait one more year for him. And if, hey, if Nixon's sticking around on that practice squad, we know – Parker is a guy with an injury history yep. and Tyquan Thornton's already injured. There's going to be opportunities for him to get called for up sure. at least. So sure. it's not, it's not over yet. We've seen flashes from him. I don't think he's a bad player. He's just still putting it together. And yeah, we'll see, uh, see how that looks if he does get a call this year. Yeah, exactly. And Brian Hoyer, who, you know, I kept off of both of my initial 53 man rosters. I just thought, I, I don't, I don't care. I just don't care. I'm just like, I don't, I don't want him on the team. Bailey Zappi's already outplayed him as far as I'm concerned. But the problem is he's due $3 million. And realistically, he's a coach on the field for Mac Jones. That's all he is. He's a coach on the field for Mac Jones. So you're willing to pay the money and you're willing to lose the roster spot because it's that important. He may not dress for regular season games. He might not because I think you're comfortable with what Bailey Zappi gives you. 
And of course, only one of them is dressing, not both. I agree with you 100% on that one, right? And and so, but I feel like, you know, maybe the first two games, two or three games, like Hoyer dresses, but then after that, I think you've seen enough from Zappi to say, okay, we're screwed if Matt goes down no matter what, but like, yeah, we can survive with this kid at quarterback. He at least is at Hoyer's level right now as a rookie, in my opinion. So, uh, so I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to, to see that happen as we go forward. But, uh, you know, yeah. Hoyer just, it is what it is. You live with that. You live with that spot because you have to. Yeah. He's your insurance policy that they signed in case they couldn't get somebody else and in case the rookie's not able to give right. you minutes. And the rookie's good enough, but I understand Hoyer saying, hey, I need something in this that's going to keep me around because right. I don't want to just be stowed away. Exactly. No, uh, no blame to him on that one. I agree with you there. So let's flip over to the defense D line. Uh, LeBrian Ray gets cut, uh, undrafted rookie free agent that a lot of people were very high on, including me and you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did keep two rookies, Sam Roberts, six round draft pick, Sam Roberts, and then rookie defensive lineman to Parkins Mitchell, which to me was kind of a no brainer. The way he popped and flashed, I thought he really. Um, deserve that roster spot, not only from the oh, defensive yeah. line, but also from the special teams. I was really impressed with him. And then Carl Davis, a little bit of a surprise from Carl Davis, but you know, the thing about Davis is that he gives them something they don't really have with anyone else, which is that big man in the middle, true nose tackle player. They don't have that from anybody else on their team. And so, you know, especially if you're going to run odd man fronts with a guy head up on the center or even in the one technique, you know, it's helpful to have a guy like that, especially on early downs. And so uh, it does make sense when you think about it. And obviously, you know, just the regular guys after that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think Davis is that good, but he does require two people to right. move him out of the way. Yeah. And that's valuable. Um, in the the game against the Raiders, I think where we started to see a little bit more of what the defense is going to look like, we got to see more of the starting defense on the field. Yep. When the Raiders came out with like, kind of their heavier, what we've seen from the Patriots, two running backs on the field or two tight ends on the field, anything like that, the old, the Josh McDaniel stuff, Patriots were in a 3-4 defense with three defensive tackles. It was Guy, Barmore, and Godshaw all on the field at the same time. If they're going to do more of that. It makes sense to keep this many defensive linemen. It makes sense to keep Carl Davis. I mean, they've got Godshaw, Barmore, Guy, Carl Davis, and Sam Roberts who can all play defensive tackle, plus Equale, who is suspended. We'll see what happens with him after uh, the next couple weeks. Uh, If you're counting him towards it, I mean, that's six defensive tackle bodies that they have control over for the season, plus Wise and Mitchell, who can give you more of a conventional defensive end. Exactly, exactly. So then the linebacker spot, obviously, you know, the, the, the normal ones are there. But the other one, the one that was interesting and the one that people will talk about, and the one that I'll talk about is freaking Jelani Tavai, over Cam McGrown. I just don't get it. I don't see what Jelani Devai gives you. Now, I do also understand now that Cam McGrown looked a little bit slow. He looked a little bit late to react on some of those things. I get that. I understand that. I can live with that, right? And I understand he's coming off of NACL. He's probably going to get to the practice squad. He has some of that upside, but he's not necessarily a guy you want on the active roster right now. That's okay. I understand that. What I don't understand is why Jelani Tavai is on this team. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Like, I think the role there is clear, like what they're looking for from him. I'm just, I understand how he makes a 53-man roster across the NFL. I understand why they like him, but I still don't understand why they're keeping him 
over some of these other options. Right. And I have I have no issues with him over McGrow, and I think he's probably played better. And this is I'm a guy that likes McGrow a lot. I think Tavai's outplayed him this year. Yeah. But it's just I don't know. I mean, me personally, I probably would have kept one extra offensive lineman, or maybe you keep Kevin Harris, or you keep an extra corner. I mean, I think there's a lot of other ways you could have gone with it. Um, I mean, that said, Tavai was at one point a highly touted prospect, so maybe there is something there. They're still hoping they're getting something out of him. But yeah. I don't know. Patricia must like him too from those days in Detroit. I would imagine. I would imagine that's true. So Zach again says, you know, he's a great locker room leadership guy, which he probably is, right? And, and don't get me wrong, like that's that's of course an important thing, but you have some of those guys and you're letting guys, young guys walk that have to now clear waivers. And yeah, okay, Cam McGrone probably should clear waivers and make it another practice squad. What if he doesn't? And again, it's not the biggest deal. It's like they're gonna, you know, they, they're gonna suck because they don't have Cam McGrone anymore, but like you know, I would like to see Kevin Harris. You mentioned I would like to see other guys that you're like, hey, this guy has a shot to to help LeBron out. Brian Ray, LeBron right? Ray is another guy who I thought 100. And that said, I mean, these guys we're talking about, is it likely that LeBron Ray is going to end up a starter in this league? Probably not. Cam McGrone, probably not. Kevin Harris, I like I, I like him a lot, but even then, I think he's still a, a role piece. He's a running right. back by committee type back. Yeah. So. I mean, these cuts aren't guys who you're, you're not losing all pros here, but it, I do have kind of questions about the roster construction, but we've seen, we've also seen Bill do this for 22 years now, and I don't think it's yeah. a surprise he's going to keep a smart linebacker with at least decent athleticism who's good against the run. Right. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, and then the corner spot, listen, safety, we all knew it was happening, right? All the safeties got kept. All five safeties got kept at corner. Mitchell, we heard, didn't make the team earlier in the day. Then the question was, is Sean Wade going to make the team or not? He does make the initial 53-man roster. Uh, of course, he's been limited, so the question is, is he going to be healthy? Uh, but I do think that Sean Wade showed enough in camp. He made a little bit of a leap this year, I think, as, to, as opposed to last year. Now, yeah. last year in the preseason, he was the number one rated, uh, graded, I'm sorry, cornerback in the preseason last year for the Ravens. So Patriots trade for him. And I think you saw a little bit of that this year. He's got some length. He's got some athleticism. I think he's a good prospect for them to have. Now, is he going to start this year? Probably not. Is he going to play a ton this year? Probably not. But I do like the idea of him there. Now, it is going to be interesting to kind of see what happens, right? So, um, but again, Miles Bryant sticks around. People who had questions about Miles Bryant. Belichick, I think, put them to bed the last few days. But people have questions about Miles Bryant. Of course, the Jones brothers are there. And then, you know, John Jones and, and Jalen Mills. I think their corners, if you combine their corners and safeties, I think they have a solid group, right? I, I really, really do. Like, I really like the DB room for this team. It's not flashy. There's not a whole lot of playmakers. And I think they could, they might have issues with that at some point. But it's a really nice combination of talent. You can see yeah. how it works on the field. Um, and especially if they're going to go with Jonathan Jones outside, then you have a, a clear top two corners who've been good in this league in Mills and Jones. But then it's a whole bunch of other guys who you're hoping, all right, they're they're going to get a turn at some point during the season. They're going to get to play in a slot. They might get a game or two outside, depending on game plan. Jack Jones, Sean Wade, whoever's on top of that battle for kind of the last outside yeah. corner there. And they're going to get looks. And I mean, Jack Jones is a high-risk guy. He likes to take chances on the ball. 
he can give you opportunities, and they're missing that. I mean, no J.C. Jackson this year. They need a guy in the secondary who can create those plays. I like the upside Jack Jones gives you there. I like Marcus Jones. Obviously, the safety room is fantastic. Loaded. It yeah. has to be the best safety room in the NFL. Um, Top to bottom, 100%. I mean, they don't have the best safety in the league, but like they just, they have five guys that can all play, and all play pretty well, it seems like. And they're moving them around. I mean, we saw yeah. a little bit in the preseason of Kyle Duggar playing single high. No, they're not going to ask him to do that 20 snaps a game in the regular season, but you can do a lot of different things with your coverages, and you can confuse other teams. If I mean, the indicator is usually where's the, where's the safety. That's what the quarterback's looking for first. And if there's three safeties or four safeties on the field, you got to watch for, and any of them could drop deep and any of them could come on a blitz and any of them could come underneath and any of them could be in man coverage. Like it just, it gives you more options. I still worry about the upside. I worry about what they're going to do against the best receiver groups in the league, but against anybody that doesn't have like a true dominant receiver, I think this defensive back group is going to do really well. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right, and the last, the last you know, position is the specialist. There's no real surprises here except for the fact that Cody Davis is on it and Justin Bethel is off it. Uh, Zach, Cox, Zach Cox did to, uh, tweet out um, his uh, Instagram post, and it sounded a lot like a guy that was leaving New England. That's what it sounded like. Could be a guy even retiring, to be honest with you. But uh, seems like he's not going to be playing for the Patriots this year. Cody Davis, of course, is. Um, and so, you know, we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah. But we know that Belichick puts a ton into special teams. Guys make the roster because of their willingness to play special teams and their abilities on special teams. Uh, but, you know, it is still a little frustrating to see a guy like Cody Davis out there. You're like, I thought we got rid of him, Brandon Schooler, you know? I don't I don't mind keeping Cody Davis if uh, Justin Bethel is the guy going. Um, right. And I do like they're getting younger. Right? It's because they still have Slater and you still have Cody Davis, but you're swapping out Justin Bethel for – Brendan Schooler, you get a younger guy in there. Demarcus Mitchell is going to give you something on special teams. I think Pierre Strong is probably going to be able to give you something on special teams. Right. Um, I would guess that they're going to ask Bledsoe, some of these linebackers, to give you something there. So that gives opportunities for these guys to make plays. And I'm excited about that. I like it's a different special teams group, a very different special teams group than the one we had last year. And I think that's a good thing because the one we had last year was not working. It certainly wasn't. No. And I think the biggest thing, and this is the biggest thing for me, right? And with Asiasi leaving today, right? You start looking at some of the drafts from the past, right? And it's not the Raiders who's, who had some really dreadful drafts, certainly in the first round. But that 2017-2019 stretch for the Patriots was just really bad. Really, really bad with, like, I think there's, like, four guys on the roster still from those three years. And that's just something that can't happen, right? And 2020, of course, you have Keen and Asiasi, who were abject failures. Justin Rohrwasser, who was a terrible pick. But then you look at the rest of the 2020 class, and you're like, well... We have some guys that are contributors here, right? We got four guys that might be starters from that 2020 class. So it's it may not be the impact guys that you wanted or expected, but it turns out it's not as bad of a class as it looked like maybe at first blush, you know, when you whiff on Asiasi and Keen. And then last year, of course, you hit on a ton of players. And this year, 
you're keeping like what is it nine? I didn't even go through and count. I think, I think ten rookies this year. Is it ten? Ten rookies. I think that's what Mike Reese said. Yeah, I, yeah, nine or ten. I got I got to go through and count. But either way, you, you have a ton of rookies from this year's class. And the biggest thing to me, what you've seen from them, and and Duggar was kind of the start of this, is the athleticism, and you know that to me is what you're looking at. Like the the uptick in athleticism in this year in this team from last year to this year is incredible. Raquan McMillan, Mac Wilson, Marcus Jones, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton. Like you start looking at the number Pierre Strong, Ty Montgomery, like those guys, they, they are bringing in guys that have that elite athleticism. And that's what this league is all about right now. Right. And so to have that on your team, I think is huge. They don't have all of the guys, right? They're not the dolphins who have four guys that can run, you know, whatever, but they're getting significantly better in that area. And if they keep hitting on draft picks and undrafted free agents, like they've been doing the last few years, this team's going to get, going to be really good in a year or two. Yeah, And I think what I like about this draft and the way it's built on previous ones is that I feel like now they have a lot of solid players. This team is a good team. It should be. It should have a solid foundation. It should have depth. The next level, how you take that next step, is to have home run hitters, guys that can make those big plays for you. Because you can have a good team all you want, but if nobody can make a play, all right, the Chiefs are going to drive down the field on you in twelve plays instead of four. Like you're right. gonna, if you can't actually force turnovers with the extra opportunities, it doesn't matter. Same goes for doing the reverse on offense. I think. You look at Tyquan Thornton and Pierre Strong on offense, get two guys who are fastest at their positions in the combine. Yep. Giving you that home run ability. Uh, I think Strong is a guy, especially next year, who can who can develop into I that. Think so too. Yeah. And then Jack Jones on defense. I said it before. He's I think he can be a pick machine. He can be a kind of Marcus Peters. He might get burnt every once in a while, but he'll force turnovers and that's gonna make up the difference. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of that from Sean Wade at points too in the preseason. He was looking to jump routes. He was looking to make plays. And mm-hmm. if you can get some of those young guys to do that, it's, it feels like we have a, a whole lot of C plus or B minus level players on this team. And it just, you just need a handful of guys to hit B plus or A, like a couple of honor roll students on this team. Right. Yeah. No, I, sure. I think Duggar I think- and Barmore, I think, are the guys too that we're looking at this year who take another leap. Take that leap. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. And that's, that's really where it comes. That's what it comes down to, right? Is you need those guys, but you have to have that kind of elite athleticism. Dark Buko makes a great point about, you know, moving away from the old guard. The Patriots were, you know, the guys that said, yeah, we don't need those elite athletes. We have, we can beat you with our brains, right? We're smarter than you. We can get to that spot, even though you can get there faster. We are good enough to get there, right? But for me, that's not happening anymore. The guys now are too fast. You just the the league is so much about speed that you have to increase your speed, right? And I think I think what this comes back to is 2020, right? Where Belichick looked at it and said, Yeah, okay, the league's getting super fast, but I'm gonna I'm gonna combat that by getting big. And I'm gonna, you know, draft two tight ends and I'm gonna try to bully you with my quarterback. And, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to go out there and pound you. And that's how we're going to win. And it didn't work. Now, once they went seven to nine, but for the most part, it didn't work. Right. And so now he looked at it and said, 
crap, no, that didn't work. Okay, so now we got to get we got to get speed. We got to get faster, right? And so you start seeing some of that stuff come from them. And I think Barmore is a great example of like he's not super fast, but he's a dominant player from the inside. To have that pass rush from the inside is something they've been missing a lot. And what that does when the pocket collapses is doesn't now doesn't allow those running quarterbacks to get out of the pocket, right? Because they have pressure in their face, so they have to do something with it. So I just think I think that we're heading in the right direction. I think I watch a lot of how the starting defense had looked in the preseason. There's a whole lot of plays where it's Judon, it's Wise, it's Jennings. They can get push around the edge, but they're not they're not Von Miller. They're not gonna chop an offensive lineman's arms and get a free rush. They're gonna have to push guys and make that pocket smaller. And you need defensive tackles they get pushed to really make things uncomfortable for the quarterback because you can go around the quarterback all you want if he has room to step up i mean how many years did we watch tom brady do that right it doesn't matter how fast your edge rusher is if you're making him run around the quarterback exactly yep Which, exactly that's a lesson for uh, josh uche too who by the way is another one of these freak athletes they've brought in hasn't mm-hmm. worked out as much um and Jonathan Jones, who's a veteran now, he was a free athlete coming out of Auburn, too. So yeah. that's something to keep in mind. He and Devin McCourty back there. And Kyle Ducker is a great athlete. Cole yeah. Strange is a great athlete. They've been slowly rebuilding this. And I think they just got to make sure the mental part's on the same side now and this team can be really good. Yeah, 100%. And we'll we'll kind of see where that where that goes. Um, but I do think I do think the future is fairly bright for the Patriots. I really do. Um Again, do I I they're not winning the Super Bowl this year, right? But I do think that this roster is good enough to get 10 wins. You know, nine to ten wins. I really do believe that. So um, and we'll talk about I do want to talk about just just super briefly some of the guys that the Patriots cut. Um, but one guy I want to talk about in particular is Alex Leatherwood, obviously cut by the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, goes gets drafted at 17th overall, two picks behind Mac Jones. I think it's worth a shot. But here's the problem with him. His movement skills aren't great. If he gets on you, it's over, right? He's big and strong. But I don't know if he's as good. I like the idea of bringing someone like him in. But I don't know if if he's going to be a good fit in this particular offense that they're trying to run. It, well, they just got a good look at him. They, they sure got did. up close. And I don't know. If, if Josh McDaniels is the one cutting him, odds are I just... <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Team, that was a nice little comment. Leather wouldn't. Um, yeah, if if McDaniel's is moving on from him, he's probably not a fit yeah. in New England. If I had to ask, especially because they're still on the hook for a little bit of money as part of that too. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and, unless he gets picked up by somebody, correct? If he gets claimed on waivers, they absorb the contract. Exactly. If they get claimed on waivers, they take his contract on. If he clears waivers, they can sign him to a new free agent contract. Yeah, so, which there's there's no way he's getting claimed on waivers just because of the contract part. Yeah, I would agree. Unless unless someone loves him and says, we don't even want to take a chance on it. We got to bring him in as a guard. I think that's silly, but someone might do that thinking it's still a rookie contract. He's fairly cheap. He's not super cheap, but he's fairly cheap for the next three years. Um, But we'll see. And he had had some truly, uh, obviously PFF is hit or miss, but he had some truly horrendous grades last year. I saw he had two pass rush or pass blocking grades in the single digits last year, including just a flat zero. Yeah, which is like almost impossible to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is like that's that's at the point where I would just genuinely rather have James Ferrance if you're going to go yeah. out there and play like that. 
I agree 100%. Uh, so a few guys that I'd like to see on the practice squad, and I'm sure, you know, we can mention them and then we'll wrap up here. Um, but Kevin Harris for sure. Right. Um, you know, Lil Jordan Humphrey, if he makes it on there, Cam, yeah. uh, Cam McGrone. Can I make, can I make a note here on Lil Jordan? Do Humphrey? It. Uh, I think it was, there's two parts here. One, I think it was interesting. Um, uh, Nick Haley, the tight ends coach mentioned that Humphrey had not been practicing with the tight ends as yep. of late. And I go with that. His performance against the Raiders in particular as a blocker was, was not great. pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if this is the guy where they feel like they already got the best out of him. And I don't, he might be a practice squad guy. It wouldn't shock me, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they're like, all right, we got what we wanted out of him and on to yeah. the next guy. Yeah, that's true. It is very true. So uh, Trey Nixon, I mean, obviously. Uh, Bill Murray. I thought Farms and Ray, both are guys that I think would like, I'd like an extended look at. Uh, certainly in the practice yeah. squad, and you know, and see what happens next year. Ray, Ray, more so than Farms, but would obviously welcome. Both. Yeah, yep. And then you know, Cody Rossi for sure, right? Matt Sokol, I think would you know is a guy that that again we talked about it could could end up back on this fifty three man roster once they once they make some maneuvers for IR. Yeah, and I, I liked what I saw from him at points in the preseason. So yeah, I. If he's not on I mean, a practice squad for him, I think it's probably the ideal spot. Yeah, I agree. And Weidemeyer is another guy that like has some potential. I didn't see much from him, but it's kind of tough. He gets, he, you know, he's like comes in the middle of camp. They didn't have the full camp with the Patriots. So like if they like what they see athletically from him, he's a guy that you could see kind of an extended look at as well. Might stash him on the practice squad and you're not going to hear his name again until next season. If they yes. keep him around, they like what they saw. Right, exactly. So, and then as as you mentioned already, is uh, Daniel Luquale suspended two games, right? So he he will not be active until game three, and then they're going to have to decide what they want to do with him, whether they want to keep him and cut someone else, or whether they want to cut him. That should be the Monday after the game in Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, yes, that's yeah. correct. Yep, and yeah, I think that that works correct. out great for him because if a guy gets hurt, if a guy goes down, if someone isn't playing well, like then you know he could he could now sneak in and he's another guy that you know has shown flashes of ability to get after the quarterback from inside so yeah. and uh, there, you know when they were in uh pass rush situations the starting group on the defensive line was Judon and Uche on the edges and Barmore and Aquale on the inside and it worked well he does well with like stunts and twists he's been yeah. free, he's nimble so he yep. allows you to do a lot of stuff i'm not going to be surprised at all if they want to keep him around yeah i agree I agree with you there. So, so we'll see. Uh, JJ Taylor is another guy that maybe, but I just I feel like I feel like JJ has run his course. I really do. And maybe they bring him back after they drop Ty Montgomery. But like he just he looks cool. He's he gets the Bam Childress Award right because he looks awesome in the preseason, and then he gets to the regular season and he just like he's just another guy, right? And so yeah. like you know that's the issue that I kind of have with him is that like this some of that stuff isn't real. I don't think at least you know. And it's the issue with Taylor, too. You'd want him to be your third down back, but he's so small, he can't pass block. Can't block, right. So you really can't put him out there in the situation where you'd want him. Yep. I, I actually like him a lot as a between-the-tackle runner. He's so he's so low to the ground, and he's able to find rushing lanes really well. I think he worked on a lot of the power run stuff they did, and he's quick. So once he cuts through that hole, he can really get going. But yeah. No, he might, we'll see. I think he's... When he, he's, he's a fringe guy. 
he'll find a place somewhere in the league. He'll probably, if he's not with the Patriots this year, he'll land somewhere else and be in a training camp next year and probably a couple of training camps for a couple of years after that too. Yep. I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. So uh, I think Uquale was, was Uquale, um, was it PDs that he got popped for? I forget what he's suspended for. To be honest as with far you. as I, I, I haven't seen anything on that. It might be a uh, personal conduct type of thing. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but anyways, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But uh, I think, I think, I don't think he was suspended at the end of last year. I think it was just two games this year, right? Yeah, it was two games this year. It came out in June. Yeah, so I, I, th- um, if I had yeah, to guess, still, still not a, we still don't know what it was for. Yeah, it but. was probably some sort of personal conduct thing that they haven't, and they don't really have to tell you what it was. They just say it was personal conduct and, and go from there. So yeah, uh, I, yes, and no Matt idea. did survive air his air travel, uh, which oh, is my good goodness. news. Should I, should I? Do you want to hear the story real quick? Very briefly. Uh, I'll keep it quick. I was visiting family in uh, Georgia and had a flight back to New York through Baltimore. Landed in Baltimore last night. Flight got delayed a couple times, and as I'm sitting in the terminal, I just get a text that says, "You've been rebooked on a flight tomorrow at seven o'clock, uh, in seven o'clock in the evening." And yeah, apparently there was some issue with weather and an air traffic control curfew in New York, so ended up having to stay overnight in Baltimore. Was able to at like two in the morning call Southwest and get an earlier flight out because there was one seat on an earlier direct flight. Um, there you go. And got I left left Georgia at five o'clock yesterday. That's when I left for the airport. Came back to my apartment at five o'clock today. Um, it was a bumpy ride in from Baltimore to New York too, but I'm finally finally home. Love it. Quite a quite a twenty four hours with this <sighs> and all the roster cuts. Traveling's the worst. And like when you're traveling and then there's other stuff going on and you're like trying to do everything at once and it's like super frustrating and yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, I have I think I have about six or seven emails I've gotten right now that I have to respond to at some point and I just I saw them come through. I can't do this right now. Yeah, yeah, no, not right this second. Plus, I mean we gotta deal with Patriot stuff too. Priorities. So uh but that's it. That's it, guys. Listen, we're gonna be back Thursday night. This Mm -hmm. Thursday night. We're going to be back with a fantasy football draft special. Eat Sleep Fantasy is going to be back again. We're going to be going through a mock draft like we always do to give you all the fantasy football uh, tips and and talk about all, all the fantasy guys that you need. It's going to be a great show. So make sure you're back here on Thursday night. That will be out Friday morning as it always is. Okay? Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon.